0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Dear Percival, the podcast showcasing the new character Danny Severino from the marvellous novel People of Bloomsbury by author and poet Mr. DJ Swales available on Amazon right now, right now, go get your copy. Ebook at the moment, soon to be paperback. So have your choice, have both, why not? This is episode 10, which is part two of the Doggerland Republic. So let's make a start, shall we? At the counter of the druid's eye, Danny's tantrum finally faded after the disappointing texts. He already regretted attacking his diary as he said out loud, What would the UK Coast Guard know anyway? They have no real authority in Doggerland's free pirate society. What was that, darling boy? Jemima called from the basement, smelling his emotional maelstrom. Come down here! Danny stared at the front door, still processing the latest red herring. I wish I could just hide away from the world and watch reruns of Sex in the City, he thought, feeling a need, deep in his core, to view Miranda's kooky adventures. Mrs. Sorpressa had loaned him her DVDs of the show on his last visit to a Midsummer Night's Coffee. Danny was emotionally shattered. His mind whirled, knowing he had five minutes left before he had to face the customers who were already mustering outside. Of all days, he thought, picturing the commuters rushing like ants through the streets of Bloomsbury towards the bookshop. As Mr. Bootle had requested the day before, he had positioned the new stock of bottled love spells by the door, imported from the same Los Angeles New Age healer who was behind Seder Naturals aromatherapy products. A handwritten instruction label penned by Mr. Bootle said, Pour the entire contents over your sleeping lover's body. We recommend that you warm the bottle first. In your armpit, your crotch, or behind your bent knees, other orifices may be used at your own risk. Danny almost managed to smile. Mr. Bootle's instructions reminded him of a customer called Cyrus Osiris, who insistently told the great Mrs. Garib that energy crystals could only be activated by swallowing them whole and allowing them to pass through the body. Then they can truly connect to the owner's unique aura, he said. If this ever catches on, she had told Danny and Mr. Beetle, perhaps we can charge a premium for the smoother pebble-like crystals. Yes, easier to swallow, Mr. Beetle replied and minimal risk of damage on the way out the great Mrs Garib had added thoughtfully then winced as she pictured the alternative our insurance premiums will go up Mr Bootle had added why don't you swallow a few smooth ones dip them in butter first Irish butter Jemima called from the basement both reading Danny's recalled conversation and mocking Mr Bootle's parents on Ireland's Dingle Peninsula Snapped from thoughts of Doggerland and disappointments, Danny wished he could go and soothe himself in the cave-like sanctuary of Mrs. Sorpressa's cafe. He could almost taste her wonderful coffee and her cakes that could lighten any mood. I wonder if I should take the day off when she and Genghis Snell head up to Worcester, he thought. I might tag along. I could do with a break. Plus, I heard the Worcestershire sauce is better when you buy it at its origin. Lee and Perrins apparently have an all-you-can-drink fountain of the stuff and you can fill your own bottle to take home with you. Thinking of Genghis Snell, a local Bloomsbury resident, Danny wondered why Mr Bootle avoided him like a nemesis. "'What's happening at Worcester?' Jemima hollered from below, causing Danny to shrivel inside. "'That's Vesta Tilly's hometown! She was a fabulous male impersonator, the biggest star of her day!' I've ever heard of her, thought Danny, his ears perking up. Sarah Siddons from Worcester, too, a peerless actress of the 18th century. She played Hamlet by a barn on the High Street. The site is now occupied by Costa Coffee, with a desk mask of a man called William Guy displayed on the wall. Say hi to him for me, won't you? Keyboard clacking resounded. As Danny looked up, Sarah Siddons on the bookshop's computer. His face twisted with fascination, learning how Sarah had fainted at the sight of the Elgin marbles and by her renowned stage skills had been deemed tragedy personified. There's an annual Sarah Siddons prize awarded every year in Chicago, fought over by the cream of Hollywood, called Jemima. Dan Keaton, Susan Sarandon, and Beryl Street arm wrestle for it every year. Oprah beat them all when she starred in Beloved, based on the book by Toni Morrison. Danny didn't believe a word from Jemima, but as he searched online, he discovered it was all true. One link to the dark web even promised pictures of the actresses fighting tooth and claw over the trophy on a Chicago sidewalk. I can come too and show you around Worcester, Jemima offered. Think about it. You won't have to buy me a train ticket. I will just float along beside you. I can take you straight to the death mask at Costa Coffee. You'll love it! Danny scooped out the pages he had rained on the floor from his ravaged diary, carefully flatting them out. They documented the many red herrings, sightings and searches for his parents. Some described his communications with various witnesses and police forces around the world, while others recorded his own expeditions, bankrolled by a growing number of online crowdfunders from around the world. Patreon and GoFundMe.com had answered his prayers, softening the impact of his huge travel costs. But the demands of his neurotic supporters threatened to become too much. They see themselves as my exalted patrons, akin to the Borgias during the Renaissance, able to influence and direct me to their whims. You're hardly Michelangelo, Mr Bootle responded in a pithy tone. Well, Keeping them happy is now my third job, Danny told him. Some of them don't give me a moment's peace. They treat my life as a game of Dungeons and Dragons or some endless adventure novel with a selection of endings. I'm getting sick of it. Be kind to them, said Mr Bootle, showing his naivety about demanding patrons. They mean well, and besides, they are throwing a few quid at you. Danny smoothed out a diary page that documented a false sighting of his parents on the Philippines' paradise island of Boracay. A third page was crumpled into such a tight knot that it could have been fired from a catapult and possibly hurt somebody. It contained details of a sighting in Puerto Rances on the Texas Gulf Coast where they had apparently stayed at a hotel named after the missing flight pioneer and lesbian mascot, Amelia Earhart. Puerto Rances was a relative stone's throw from Mexico where his parents had early been witnessed conducting manatee tours in Tulum, a former pristine backwater now crowded with New York media types Cara Delevingne and an assortment of Instagram influencers. Each ripped page in Danny's hands represented deep disappointment and at times despair. But they also represented hope, tested faith and his determination to never give up on those he loved most in the world. Additionally, they documented his struggles to meet or even exceed the government's recommended minimum of eight hours sleep each night and a healthy fruit and vegetable intake of five a day. Danny was rather pasty and prone to constipation, so anything helped. Thank you. That was the end of The Doggerland Republic Part 2. We shall return with Episode 11 very, very shortly. Thank you for listening. This has been Kevin Green reading excerpts from The People of Bloomsbury, a wonderful new novel by Mr. DJ Swales, author and poet. Um, the novel is available on Amazon right now. So go and get your copy, be it ebook or paperback, which will be available very, very soon. They're both marvellous. Go and get your copy right now. We will return, dear listener, very, very soon. So thank you for listening. Goodbye i